Hello, and welcome to Run With Horses with Norman and Susan. Today we're looking at marriage, continuing our journey through the alphabet, marriage A to Z. And we're looking at the letter G. It's always a challenge to come up with a good name for these, and we haven't really tried to name them all, so uh, maybe it doesn't matter. But this one is God-centered, a God-centered marriage. Uh, As we think about uh, our marriage and what's important, what we value, uh, definitely we want to keep uh, Christ at the center, keep God at the center of our marriage. So uh, do you have any opening thoughts, Susan? A three-chord strand is not easily broken. There you go. That's a good a good thought to start. Definitely want to keep God as the that strand that we're attached to and that keeps us from breaking. Okay, so in sort of formatting today, I have four areas that relate and that are all important when we think about a God-centered, uh, God-centered life, God-centered marriage. The first one is God has to be at the center personally. Um, it's not enough just to say we want God at the center of our marriage and then kind of be struggling along or or not really uh, walking with God personally. But it's important that each individual has an individual relationship with God. Um, I know on some other podcasts I've talked about what it means to grow spiritually, and, and all of those basics apply here. To be steeped in God's Word, to really know truth, recognize what's true, uh, to spend time in prayer really talking to God and recognizing that the Holy Spirit is helping you to understand Scripture and as you're talking to God through your life, He's helping you to see how and when and where to apply it. And then also that relationship in the church that helps you uh, see life uh, biblically, to see life through God's eyes and kind of helps draw you to the center, so to speak. The, uh, the last thing I would say Personally, there's a lot we could talk about because this is really just talking about spiritual growth, but it's just that focus that I do want God to be at the center of my life. Uh, That's important to me, and I'm going to make choices based on that. Yeah, I think it's easy to get stagnant and just think, okay, I've accepted Christ as my Savior, I'm good, and not really be forward-thinking as and realizing, oh, I still am weak in this area, or I need help to grow in this other area. Um, if you just think, I can coast now, that's a, kind of a dangerous place to be. Definitely. Okay, if, if personally you have a good, solid, strong relationship with God, that's definitely going to go a long way toward helping your marriage, but to intentionally recognize that we, together, want God to be at the center of our marriage uh, is also really important. So it's an awareness there, and it's a um, a, a God focus, a valuing of what He values. How do we actually practically live that out? Part of it is having those conversations. You know, what are you learning? What's God teaching you? Uh, how can we approach this area of life or this problem uh, with? God's values in mind and having those conversations really have a lot to do with how that works out in the marriage. I agree. I was thinking too, um, when difficulties come up, if you have that base 
And I mean, you're growing personally and he's growing personally and then something tragic happens or life shaking, um, you're more able to respond in a godly way. Um, I don't know. This is where I can share about our son who I carried pregnant. I was pregnant with Max for nine months and then just days before the due date, he stopped moving and ended up being stillborn. That was a very difficult time for us um, as a couple, just um, all of our expectations, our dreams were just, wow, crashed. And um, during that time in the hospital, I just was like numb and I felt like I couldn't read my Bible. I wasn't really praying. I was just kind of out of it. And I know you just would come and every, I don't know how many times a day, would just read part of a psalm or a portion of the Bible. And that was just so wonderful and supportive and helpful for me when I couldn't do it by myself. And I mean, I felt like I couldn't read the Bible, but I could listen, and that was just what I needed. So I think, you know, during those times, probably, you know, you were crushed too, but you had the strength to kind of be that strong person during that time. And hopefully, <laughs> both of us aren't, you know, down and out at us at the same time. But it's like the Bible talks about that too. When one person falls in the ditch, you have another one to come drag you out. So, um, just to have that spiritual support and the other person pointing you toward truth and toward God and his perspective is such a huge blessing and a help. Yeah, definitely. To, to know that someone is there when you're struggling is a huge encouragement. And I know at that time, God really impressed on my heart that what was important uh, when our son died ultimately was God. And that's what we're talking about, a God-centered, a God-centered life, God-centered marriage. I was really convinced that what's important here in this moment is who God is. So I know I challenged us both, uh, either while we're still in the hospital or shortly afterward, to spend the next year really looking at who God is. Who does God say that he is? So I know I went through um, just the Bible looking at the characteristics of God, what he says about himself, what he likes, what he hates, who he is. And I, I really felt like the better we know God, then the more we trust him. And the more we trust him, the less we, the less we worry or fear or uh, doubt what's happening around us because we know who he is. We know he's in control. We know he's, he is loving. He's kind. He's just. Um, I know I found at that time De- Deuteronomy 32.4 very encouraging. You know, it says, he is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. And you think about that verse and it tells us that he's the rock he's unchanging he's protection he's also all those things that the image of the rock uh, means to us and he was that that foundation at that time it also says that um, he's without iniquity and one of the questions that many people have when something bad happens is is god vengeful or is he picking on me and is he doing something wrong he's wrong in what he's doing to me or allowing to happen to me and that was a reminder that god doesn't do wrong and I think we needed that. So all those things that we learned about God at that time uh, were important. And being able to encourage each other when one of us is having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, <laughs> um, everyone has those times. And it's just encouraging and helpful to the marriage to have both of us. And it comes from that personal 
relationship mm-hmm. we talked about first. We have to have that personally so that we can be that person when the other one needs it. So I, that's just hugely important, I think. Right. And it also helps you helps me to remember that those hard times in life are not something to hate or try to get out of as fast as you can, but to learn through those because those are those times when your faith roots can really get down and make you a more sturdy, steady Christian. Yeah, I, I would have to say that a lot of who we are, both as individuals and as a couple, come from that time and the, the lessons that God taught us mm-hmm. and then uh, have taken and applied to the rest of our life over time. So definitely mm-hmm. the deep valleys can mean you're the right person to climb the mountains, uh, to be helpful in someone else's life, to deal with more difficult things down the road. So definitely I, I feel like that was a, a life-changing time for us and we would not be the same spiritually without it. Mm-hmm. All right, the first two places we looked at, God-centered should be personally and, and then in our relationship and our marriage. But even beyond that, our home. And all of this, it, it starts with us and God, and then it kind of branches out in your closest relationships. So uh, God needs to be first in our family. And again, that goes back primarily to your choices. Um, how do you spend time together as a family? How do you relate together as a family? Really being involved in a church family, I think, is really important uh, here. And it's it's recognizing that God is with us as we walk. So looking for those opportunities to point out maybe something in the culture and showing how God speaks to that, or something on the news, or uh, just a family fun time to be able to recognize that God is with us in this. Right, and also taking time just in the small moments throughout the day or the week when um, maybe somebody's attitude is bad and you can point them to God, or it's that Deuteronomy 6 idea of as you walk, you're teaching your children, as you're lying down, as you're going about your day, you're trying to orient everybody's mind toward God and toward His perspective and... um, or. I know for a while when our kids were littler, um, I would just read some Bible stories at night right before bed and just say, okay, what can we learn from this? And they were pretty good at finding, you know, some principles or different things and just little places wherever you can put them in. I think that helps to keep it God-centered as well. And I suppose uh, I'm not going to preach about homeschooling here, but definitely homeschooling helps a lot with this. Um, There are a lot of things that your kids are not faced with as early as they would be if they're homeschooled versus if they went to a public school. And waiting until they're more mature to face some things or have some discussions is helpful. And then not bringing in some of the negative uh, into the home through the school. No matter what you do, no matter how good your school is, uh, it could be a Christian school, uh, your kids will bring things from the school into your home that you wish weren't there. And that right now is not the best time for you to deal with. Uh, So homeschooling allowed us to walk at the pace our kids needed to go and point them in the right direction. I feel like our whole family has benefited from having both extra time with the parents and the kids, extra time with the kids together, uh, and extra opportunity to introduce certain topics in a way that is the most helpful uh, for the kids. So I know some people would say there are things maybe they miss, but I I don't think that's true. Uh, I think from every... Uh, everything we've had, every experience that we've had so far in homeschooling, as the kids get older, they're exposed to things that are out in the world. They have a chance to think about it biblically. And I think 
I feel like they're going to be ready to go out in the world. And yeah, there'll be some things that they won't know. They're not going to know some cultural references. Who cares? They're not going to know the most popular movies and some of those things. Again, who cares? That That's really not our goal. I think they'll adjust well to uh, society and, and be able to make friends and be able to be productive members of society, but more importantly, productive members of the household of God. Yeah, I, one thing that I've really appreciated that you've, as you're the leader of our family, that you've done is um, to limit some of those bad influences coming into our family. Um, I know when Chloe was youngest and just like three or four, other people around us were putting their kids into daycare or preschool. And I thought, hey, she's very social. She'd probably love that. So let's send her. And you were like, no way. And I was like, what? Why not? And you said that, you know, the things that she would learn there would all be negative or mostly negative. And after a couple months of seeing the other children, how they acted, I was like, yeah, they're picking up all these bullying tactics and, you know, I don't know, bad habits. And so I just, I didn't see it at the time, but also like movies you mentioned or television. I mean, we could have a lot of that into our house and you don't really see all those effects of that until later on, but we've tried to limit a lot of that and keep that out because the world's voice is so strong and attractive and why make your job harder? And I know you've said that many times and I really appreciate that. So thank you. And it's not that you, you recognize your kids will one day be exposed to those things, but it's, you want them to be exposed when they're ready for it. And ultimately we're trying to teach them to be prepared to be good adults and make good decisions at that time. And they're not capable of doing that at three and four, uh, at, you know, 10 and 12, there are other decisions they're just not ready for yet. So now that our kids are uh, late teens, um, Chloe's on to 20, then yeah, they should be making most of their decisions about those kind of things. Uh, but you prepare them for that ahead of time. And I think that's, that's just really important. And all of those things we talked about before, the choices you make, being involved in uh, a personal relationship with God, personally letting the kids see that in a marriage and then trying to work that out in the home. And then having those conversations as we walk really, really is important. And then what all this leads to ultimately, and the, the fourth one, is life with God. Uh, everything, whether it's uh, your work, job, hobbies, uh, friends who are outside the church. Uh, when you ask the question or answer the question, why do I do what I do? Uh, God needs to be at the center of that. Uh, this life is short and is preparing us for eternity. To have that eternal per, uh, perspective as we go through life really, really is important. And if we do that, that also then works backwards. So it, it's worked from the from the start, my personal relationship with God through my marriage, through my family, out into the world. But as I am having an eternal perspective out in the world, it also works back then into my home, into my family, and influences and can encourage my walk with God as well. So I think uh, for God to be in and through all of those, really sets us up to have the marriage that glorifies God. Mm -hmm. And we see that through our priorities. It's, I, th I think it's very important to reevaluate where, what am I doing with my time? How am I living? What am I, and what I say, does what I say that I believe is important really show in my life and continually come back to it throughout the year to say, are, am I keeping up with my priorities? Yeah, priorities, values, and choices. I mean, that's that's a lot of what the Christian life is. 
and my my values, my priorities should uh, greatly influence my choices. My choices, my choices should um, back up my my values. My my choices should um, shine a light on my values and my priorities in life. So, as you go through life, if you're married, uh, put God first, pursue Him first with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it will definitely help you in your marriage. If you're not married, uh, my number one advice would be find a person who does that. Find a person who will join hands with you and together pursue God with all that you have. And I think if you do that, you will be uh, definitely much happier, but you will also be much more like Christ. I think we we need other people's influence, and you want somebody that's going to help you and encourage you down the road.